0: Okay, so Recording to the Cloud, welcome everyone to episode number two of the See Inside podcast. Um, This week, I thought I would look at anxiety, okay? And I thought I would look at anxiety for two reasons. One, because um, from episode one, the responses that I got back my own vulnerability and tenderness and holding a presence seems to be what's impacted people positively helped them to step forward with feedback. So thank you very much for that. And because it's mental health awareness week month one of it seems to be quite a lot of mental health awareness um and also because of my own battle with anxiety i am going to call it a battle yeah because it was a battle until i saw a way through it um and because that might help some people. So decided to go visual this week as well. We'll be visual from now on. This is an absolutely huge thing for me Um, because my looks have changed quite a bit. You'll see I have twitching here, your cranial nerves run here, down through here, here and here. Um, And mine are affected. I don't think there's actually anything affected with the nerves. Um, I think it's the fact that I've had a brain bleed, that the blood around the nerves makes them misfire. Um, You'll also see here that I close one eye quite a bit. have to get out of the habit of doing that. Very difficult habit to break. Um, Now it's spasming, so I'm not actually closing it. um, And you'll see that half my mouth doesn't work. So, for a smile, if you're a medical doctor, you can tell something, and people who are medically trained or medical doctors are in the neuro profession um, spot it like that. Um, So, that's quite a lot to be anxious about it's quite a lot big step a lot of anxiety around it so I thought I would talk you through when I first began to start to recognize my own anxiety um, and how I have managed to live a happy and joyous life um with that And around that, Um, what I'd like to do, first of all, is something that I do regularly. It's just part of my being now, Um, and that is to take a few breaths, to come into this space, to focus our intention in on this space, and just be here now and rest in the moment. Now, the way in which I do that, um, the way in which I check in with myself, check in where I am, is to first of all, close my eyes.
1: You Don't have to close
0: your eyes. I just find it easier. So leave your eyes open if you want. Um, just find somewhere, on your body that is comfortable. For me, my hands are really comfortable, not on my heart, but just above my heart, on my chest. And then just take three breaths. They don't have to be any length. They don't have to be any type. They are just three grounding breaths for you. So that's just a way that I check in with myself. Um, if I receive any news, if I'm trying to process anything, if I'm stuck, if I'm anxious, if I'm losing my temper, um, it's completely mobile, and it's something that I can do with my eyes open. I don't have to place them on my hands on to my body. However, I find it safe to do so um and it just checks in with what i'm actually feeling now so thank you very much for doing those with me and it brings us to presence so anxiety wow this is a huge topic just going to reference it to myself won't look like your anxiety There'll be some common threads, but nothing will look exactly the same as what you feel. One of the reasons for that is because you're a unique being and I do not mean that in a woo-woo way. I mean that in a nervous system way. You are unique. Okay, the information that your nervous system has taken in, has absorbed, is stuck in it, has been released. It's completely unique to your life. okay? Um, and movement will look different the same way that our noses look different. The same way that our hearts look different, our actual physical functioning pump, okay? And the same way that nerves running through us will be different. So just acknowledge your differences, okay? And I can only speak from my point Some of it will resonate, some of it won't. I'm gonna start the story, first of all, back when I was effectively gaslighted. Um, This was within the last decade. Um, Not gonna name any names, everyone's gonna stay anonymous. but it was where my current levels of anxiety started to leak like ink into my world. And I was not aware of how anxious I was at all. I don't regret any way in which I dealt with it. And The only thing I would
1: say is, I wish that somebody had said to me, I believe
0: you. And I wish that someone had said to me, gosh, that might make you pretty anxious. But they didn't. Made pretty sarcastic comments. Um, I remember some sarcastic comments about being, about my being being all over the place. I remember some sarcastic comments about um, my beliefs. And I remember particularly some sarcastic comments about how I was in a position of leadership. And
1: a leader's supposed to be strong,
0: iron-strong. But actually, I was falling apart. And I wish those people who, at that time, were stronger than me had reached out and said, it's okay. (laughs) You're not particularly well at the moment. Um, what's going on but they didn't and my anxieties just began to creep into everything um food was something I could control so I could control food that was going into my body I could control um My activities, my intentional activities. Okay. So I could control the fact that I threw myself headlong into training. Okay. Um, And by training, I mean running, burpees, um, physical activity. Physical activity that ultimately I don't, I do not believe was doing me any good but at least I was well cared for within that movement cultured environment because I was I was taken care of in the best possible way Um, but it started to invade my interactions with people started to interact the way in which I Associated with them. I got quite paranoid this time. Not that I thought that people were out to get me, but I thought that people were talking about me. And um I think they probably were. That in a way it's by the by. I just wanted to be able to control that because that wasn't something that I could control. And that made me very anxious, made me very short of breath, made me very flighty, couldn't sit still, always moving. The only time when I would find some stillness would be during sleep. And then I would wake up and be awake from like 2 a.m. and not be able to go to sleep, not be able to continue to sleep. Um, Suffered really badly with headaches as well. Um, it was like my body was saying to me, you've got to process this and you've got to feel. So here's some headaches <laughs> um, because you can feel those and you can disassociate into them. And I just ignored them. They were
1: very tough. Um,
0: and I wanted to second-guess everything. I wanted to remain in control. Um, I was slowly and completely and utterly losing control because I was being manipulated. And then when I had lost control, um, I was told how awful I was, yeah, because I had lost control. Um All the decisions I had made would be, were not right. Um, Instead of investing any time in me, I was in effect given, I don't want you to be my problem. You can go away and be someone else's problem. Yeah. Um, Which I think after... instances tragic events like the death of Caroline Flack I'm not sure that sort of thing would I think I would have been stronger to speak out at the time I absolutely wasn't I just felt as if I must be completely wrong everything about me was wrong I couldn't make a decision um and if i couldn't make a decision that was right outside of my home then how could i parent how could i choose what to wear how could i go to the supermarket best thing to do was just to a constantly seek my own approval by constant movement um I just removed myself from any sort of situation which I effectively did disassociated
1: and withdrew
0: constantly every opportunity I could um And the gaslighting wouldn't just happen on a a face-to-face basis. Um, I I remember some sentences that were given to me on a face-to-face basis. And I remember thinking, I just can't speak. (laughs) I have no words. Um, And then I remember the person was exceptionally clever for a narcissist, um, and would actually publicly humiliate me and say things that they knew was just for me. And that made me anxious because the people I did tell, which there was a couple, just didn't really believe me, thought I was really losing it. Um, And it was only... few years later when I took it all out of the bag um, and started to look through it and started to breathe through it and started to own it and started to let it in and to teach me that I was able to see... Actually, they were quite frightened. Um, And actually, I was right. (laughs) And I was being publicly humiliated and publicly shamed. Um, And it was, it was in a controlled environment, but it was in a controlled environment with about 15 people, 15 other people in the room. And things would be said that were purely for me. And because I am open. Yeah, I'm very trusting. I'm very open. Um, it was easy to manipulate me. You know, I think sometimes anxiety can result from felt big T trauma that has been recognized and acknowledged but not necessarily processed Um, and I didn't really know how to process my big trauma Um, and ultimately that made me very anxious, (sighs) lived my life in a constant state of anxiety, Um, in high arousal. Pretty lonely. So, how did I find my way through this? So, um, I had some talk therapy. Talk therapy was a plaster. So, for me, talk therapy helped me understand other persons' shortcomings helped me recognise anxiety, sorry my hand's over here, you can't see me, um, helped me recognise the person's shortcoming, helped me recognise the fact that I was anxious, but didn't really do anything else, yeah, so okay I understand that, Oof. I understand that's pretty big, fine, my anxiety will just disappear. Um, yeah, it doesn't work like that. It just didn't for me. Um, so I visited my medical practitioner again and was told, okay, so you've had some talk therapy. That's brilliant. Maybe you've got a bit of chemical imbalance. So we'll put you on some anti-anxieties, some antidepressants. Um, And that didn't help either. (laughs) Um, um, It really didn't. Um, I did find my way to breathing. I absolutely don't know how I found my way to breathing, um, but I did. And there are some breathing techniques that are use to be able to help with anxiety now the only person that's going to be able to fix anxiety is you yeah okay um and when i say fix i mean you're not broken yeah okay um anxiety is not just a physical state it is an emotional state as well and As well as the breathing to support the nervous system and the chemical changes and the parasympathetic nervous system, you also need to incorporate movement, okay, and you also need to do something creative, okay, and you also Need to be witnessed okay you don't need to constant oh, i was about to my finger up to you um you don't need to be con- constantly witnessed yeah but you do need to find somewhere and until you are witnessed and your cells sell on a cellular level there is integration um You can't take the next step. Okay, so box breathing is used quite a lot for anxiety and it is wonderful. However, I personally find it very difficult. We're going to do some box breathing now. Before we do some box breathing, I'm going to say this box breathing. In no way takes the form of any form of diagnosis for anxiety or for any other defined medical condition. Okay, if you have any concerns about your health, your first stop is the doctor. All right, it is an aid for self help. It is also an incredibly powerful practice. So you could find your temperature varying, could go up, could go down. Okay. You might find after the box breathing, it puts you in touch with some anger. So you might feel quite angry, you might feel quite weepy. You might just feel brilliant. Okay. And if the only thing it can do is provide you space for your anxiety so that you can observe it, then that is perhaps the best gift of all. So most people do box breathing first of all to the count of four, okay? Any numbered count is a guide, all right? It's it's called box breathing because I'm going to use four for reference, right? You breathe in for four, you hold for four. You breathe out for four, you hold for four. You breathe in for four, you hold for four. You breathe out for four, you hold for four. Okay, so you make a box. Okay, so you make a box. And it's usually to the count of four. It could be to the count of six, it could be to the count of seven, eight. Um, if your respiratory system and lung capacity allows, it could also be to the count of two. And two is where I like to start because it can be quite difficult. So I'm going to do some box breathing now. And what I want you to do is I want you to find your own count. Okay, so you can count around me. So
1: in for two, out for two, hold for two, in for two. out for two
0: Okay, so um, I just did a few rounds there. It's probably extremely boring to watch. Um, And one of the first things that comes back to me, particularly with people with anxiety, is um, I can't start, I can't get going, or it's the breath out, the breath out and then the hold. And then I'm so desperate to breathe in again. I would just say lower the count, yeah? Take that expectation off that, the fact that you can run 12 miles
1: and 12
0: levels, 12 floors, um, so you should be able to do something. Your anxiety is... Intricately connected with your nervous system. And you need to understand your nervous system and exactly where you are because you cannot get somewhere, you cannot resolve or clear or own or begin to love until you accept where you are. Okay. So There's lots of things I want to do with this podcast, for example, but nothing's going to make me better at this podcast apart from doing it. Okay. Nothing is going to get me more comfortable with my new face in front of the camera, apart from sitting in front of the camera. Okay. There is nothing that's going to do that. I have to accept where I am now and if you're anxious and you're suffering with anxiety you have to accept that in this moment in this time this is what is happening you have to feel
1: into it because it will always
0: come back and you have to be able to recognize it You can't just formulate a practice of breathing, which removes emotion. Okay, so this takes me back to, through the gateway. Okay, so this takes me back to the fact that, You have to go through. Okay. Your biggest weakness that you, or something that you perceive is your biggest weakness, is actually your biggest teacher. Okay. So you have to allow it
1: to teach you how to love. Okay. And love is not control. Unconditional
0: love is not control. Unconditional love is watering. And maybe a way for you to start to water yourself is to start to box breathe to a count of two. Count of two for two weeks. Count of two for two months. It doesn't matter. It's the authenticity. And the accountability to show up and do it. And then you can extend it to a count of three, to a count of four. And then you can do some movement.
1: You can walk the dog. You can go to the gym. Yay, we the
0: gyms now. Um, you can do yoga. You can stretch the nadis. And you can look into some other forms of breathing. Now, we're gonna do my preferred anxiety breathe, um, which is called coherence breath.
1: Um,
0: And it is just lengthening the in-breath to match the out-breath, okay? Plain and simple, Um, like to practice it for a minimum of 10 minutes at a time. Um, It doesn't matter what you start on. You can find counters if you put coherence breath in on the search, on a very reliable search engine and music platforms. You can find clock timers. Bells that will do the counting for you, Um, so don't worry about that. There is a way around that. I personally prefer to count, and I like to start to count for in,
1: for out. In. Out. In. out. In. out. in out. And I can
0: stretch that one and stay in that one for a very long time. Again, um, it's very powerful, actually. The electromagnetism around our heart actually sends signals up to the brain. So the brain gets a rest um, and it works on a very vascular vagus level. Um, and it will really, really, really improve your breathing rate, um, which you will notice after a time just in your day-to-day, Yeah, just from being able to pick something up, get something from the shelf. Um, But you'll also notice that it affects your anxiety in terms of the fact that it says, oh, I'm here now. Hi. Yeah, it just allows you to be able to create a space between yourself and your anxiety. So you're able to say, okay, actually that makes me anxious. So if that makes me anxious, let's acknowledge that, give rise to it, give life to it. It could be in the form of a journal. You could write that down. Or you could phone a friend, could jump on Zoom with a friend um, and ask a friend not to fix anything. Just ask them just to listen to you. And when you've finished speaking, um,
1: they can respond to you. You know, they can respond
0: to you and say, Thank you very much for sharing that. I feel privileged that I was able to be here for you. And then I would always say after that, breathe together. Okay, just take any breath like we did at the start. It's a work in progress. Start small. Okay, start small. Don't put too much expectation on yourself. Okay. Um, when I left the gaslighting environment, um, I still wasn't able to process the gaslighting for a couple of years. And during that time, um, I was pretty numb. I was pretty numb to everything i couldn't be there for a lot of people because i was inside my own head being anxious um, and then i was diagnosed which <laughs> set off a whole load of new and different anxieties um, so i think there needs to be a part two of this podcast um, really, really like you to try some of that breathing. Um, I would really like us to finish the podcast with Breathe. Any questions or anything? Um, our email is the C inside breath at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram at The Sea Inside Podcast. Um, And you can also find us on various different podcasting platforms. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for being present with me. Um, There will definitely be a part two which will explore hospital anxiety and scan anxiety over this next week i would just like you to be accountable and show up even if you just sit down with the intention to breathe and you don't breathe you sat down and made yourself accountable in that moment just start there just be consistent and start there, yeah? Okay, that's step number one. Okay, so find all three breaths. find the space on your body that resonates with you. For me, like I say, it's just above my heart. And take three breaths, however, that looks for you. Part two of anxiety coming up We've also got some guests. We've got Mayor Scott coming on to talk to us about her practices. My sister, my beautiful breathwork sister. Um, We've also got Duncan Bailey from Brighton from Body Talk and the Tara Clinic in Brighton um, coming to talk to us, which I'm very, very excited about as well. A fellow breathing brother. And if you'd just like to come on, and share your story or talk about something that is important to you and I would really like to talk to you once again thank you very much there's so much love for you here and there's lots of love for you wherever you are come and join us again
1: thank you